Welcome to The Rock Church, a vibrant, enthusiastic, edgy church meeting in West Bridgeford, Nottingham. You can find out more about us by visiting the-rock.org.uk. We hope you were blessed by this message. Amazing. So the picture is up there. Literally, I had such a job trying to find a picture of my whole family together. Like you think you've got hundreds of pictures of your family, but they're all separate. And so the only one I could find was, um, we were just going to the grocery store as a family. And um, so we just thought we'd snap a quick picture. But no, we were actually at a wedding a few weeks ago. And um, so excuse the elaborate attire that I'm wearing on my head. Um, But that's that's my family there. And um, I'll tell you just a little bit more about those in just a second. But I guess for some of you... um, you're kind of thinking, who is this woman? Where have they found her? Like, where have they, you know, where she appeared from? And um, we got to know Kate and Ali, um, who are your wonderful pastors, um, just through some regional stuff through AOG. Um, we've just recently become zone, um, part of the zone. And so we, we got to know them through that. And, um, and it's a real shame that they're not, that uh, Kate's not here today, isn't it? And um, I'm sure she's sunning on the beach in the Dominican Republic, and I'm not jealous in the slightest. No, I'd much rather be here with you lovely ladies, it's the truth. Well, I became a Christian at 17 years old after I met my now husband um, at 16. So he's my childhood sweetheart and uh, we've been married for 24 years and uh, it's our silver wedding next year. I know, it's crazy. Like, I feel like that's what old people have. And so I'm just trying to get my head around that, just trying to work out like, you know, it's coming. I'm trying to prepare myself for it. I'm expecting an amazing holiday. You better do it or otherwise there's, you know, there's trouble. Um, But yeah, so I wasn't brought up in a Christian home and um, definitely not leading that kind of life. I was a little bit of a wild child from the age of like 13, 14. You'd find me in a nightclub. I'd be, you know, dancing on the tables. And um, my mum hates it when I tell people that. She's like, oh, I sound like a terrible mother letting you do all those things. She didn't have a clue. I was, you know, I was like telling lies. I was off. I was doing the thing. And um, that was me. You know, I was drinking. I was taking recreational drugs. I was doing all the things that are so opposite to what I'm doing now. And it's amazing just how God, when he can just get hold of a life, can transform something that seems so lost into something that he desires and he wants and can use for his own good. And I thank God that he took my life and he has put me where I am today. It's incredible. So as you can see from the picture, we've got two children, and um, Lily's 18, unbelievably she is the youngest, uh, the oldest, sorry, everyone thinks that Caleb's the oldest. Lily's 18, and she's just flown the nest. And we're not going to talk about that too much, otherwise we'll need to move straight to ministry time and get the tissues out, if you know what I'm saying. But yeah, she has, um, she's gone off to Audacious College in Manchester um, to do their Bible course and just to get to, to grips with just what it is to run a church. And so we're super excited to see what God is doing with her at the moment. And uh, Caleb, he's 16 and he's a man mountain. Like he is huge. Um, I remember taking him for his very first pair of shoes and they said to me, I'm really sorry, we don't do them that big. 
that's not a lie. I was like, you're joking me. What am I going to do? She was like, you've got to put him in proper shoes. I needed those, you know, like the little cruisers that are soft, but they didn't do them big enough for him. He wears like a size 11, size 12 uh, shoes since the age of 13. And um, he's just, he's, a, he's an amazing kid. Both really passionate about the church. They love church and it is you know, their heart, and um, he is our church photographer, he, w- he runs the lighting team, he runs the camera team, and uh, just so involved in church, it's incredible. He's just left uh, school, just done his GCSEs, and has gone to Chesterfield College um, to do photography, and so he's loving life, he's just taking pictures and hanging out in the dark room, and he is living the dream. His ultimate dream is to work with a band and travel the world taking photographs, who knows what will happen? Who knows whether that's where God will lead him? But we, we just love our kids. We love spending time with our kids. Our family means everything to us. So that's why it's a bit of a wrench that she's gone. But it's all good. It's all good. I didn't cry yesterday. It was the first day I didn't cry. And I'm thinking that today might not be good. <laughs> I'm in a women's conference. Like, there's bound to be tears. Am I right? There's bound to be tears. Now, I know how women's brains work. And from the minute I got on the stage, I know that you will have been looking at me and assessing me. Because that's what we do, isn't it? I'm going to put my glasses on because I'm getting old and I actually can't see much. And so I'm just going to do, I can't really see you guys very much now, but I can see my notes and they're the most important thing, yeah? So you'll have been assessing me and you will have been asking questions like this. Wonder how old she is. I wonder if she bleaches her hair. Like, is that natural? And I wonder what size clothes she wears. Like, trying to work it out. Is she, uh, you know, like, what are we thinking? So I'm going to answer those questions so that you can put them aside and not think about them any longer. So yes, I do bleach my hair. I am a natural blonde, um, but I'm fighting the war against the grey. I'm not growing all gracefully. And so I do bleach the hair. I've done it myself. I've done it since I was 30 years old. And we'll just leave that there. I am 44 years old. And um, as I said, I'll save you the mass. I got married at just 20. We've been married 24 years. And currently, I am wearing a size 12. (laughs) On, you know, those days where... You're not feeling so great sometimes at 14. And some days I get in a 10. And it's like the best day of the week. It's amazing. You know, I loved being in my 30s. Um, but although life really does start in your 40s, I actually think it's true. I loved being in my 30s. I felt like I found myself, knew what suited me, knew what I wanted out of life. But now I'm in my 40s. I'm like, the kids are older. I don't know, babysitters. I'm like, oh, this is quite nice. I do like being in my 40s. But we can't stop the clock ticking, can we? So, we move. And, you know, I just think, as women, we have those added pressures, don't we, of the things that society put on us. You know, I look in a mirror some days, I'm like, oh, I look massive today. And some days I'm like, oh, I can take on the world. I look like a size 10. (laughs) But, you know... I just find it really difficult sometimes being a woman. Does anybody else find it hard being a woman sometimes? Now, I'm not complaining. I love being who I am, and I love everything that comes with that. But sometimes I feel like we get the rough end of the stick. And now with social media, I just feel like 
We have to live under so many unrealistic expectations, so many pressures that are unnecessary. Here is the good news, ladies. Are you ready? You are the leading lady in your own story. The Bible tells us in Psalm 139 verse 14, it says, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Fearfully, when translated from the Hebrew, means with great reverence, heartfelt interest, and with respect. And wonderfully, when translated from Hebrew, means unique and set apart. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. 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 Right across this room, each and every one of them, of you, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. I want you to realize that today, that we can put aside all those unnecessary expectations that we place on ourselves. Nobody else puts them on us. We choose to take them and remember that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are the leading lady in your own story. So why do we live like we're not? We allow ourselves to be relegated to the chorus, don't we? Just become one of the crowd instead of being the leading ladies that we were meant to be. You know, I love the theme of this conference. I think it's absolutely brilliant. Warrior. You could take that picture down now of that headgear and let's put the picture of the warrior up because that's what you are today. You are a warrior today. Now, when we think of warriors in the Bible, we think of people like Samson or David or maybe even Deborah in battle, almost like a bit of a savage kind of warrior, that kind of a thing. The Bible is full of battles and wars and warriors in the sense that we automatically think of. But don't get confused with a warrior and a soldier. You see, a soldier is someone that engages in military activity. A warrior is someone who is brave and experienced in battle. And as we all know, battle isn't just in the physical sense, is it? With an army and a rifle. But we face battles every day. Literally every day when we wake up, we face a battle. The battle of self-doubt insecurities, our health, sometimes our family, food, weight, getting older, the list goes on, doesn't it? We need to start and see our battles a little differently, ladies. We see them as an inconvenience, like a thorn in our side, like something that, it's just annoying. But actually, our battles are the very thing that make us the warriors we are today. Experienced in battle brave. That's what makes a warrior. You see, our battles are our training ground. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13 says this, it says, no temptation was overtaken, has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. You know, I know right across this room, there are many of you that have faced things that seem completely impossible, things that have broken you and hurt you. 
But see those things as your training ground because they have made you the warrior that you are today. There are countless exploits that God wants us to do, which is undoubtedly written into the scriptures. But today, I want to set the tone for the rest of the day. Rise up, warrior. It's time for us women to rise up and be the warrior that God is calling us to be. But the only way we can rise up as a warrior is to know who we are. A foundation of the church always needs to be who I am, not what I do. Who I am will always come before what I do. You see, ultimately, if what you do is who you are, you're going to find yourself in trouble. We need to know who we are, not just what we do. We need to know who we are in Christ. A warrior is who I am, not what I do. I'm identifying today that it's an ongoing battle. It's an ongoing process. A daily call to discipleship. Every day waking up knowing who I am, not what I do. You see, when we get ourselves into that place of not being identified by what we do, but who we are, we can go through the worst of times and we can get through. The thickest mud, you know, that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose, Romans 8. The darkest valley, fear not for God is with me, Isaiah 41. You know, the past year has been the wildest ride for us as a family. A great number of ups, but a great number of incredible downs. God's been teaching us and molding us, teaching us who we are and not what we do. It came about at our conference, so every year we do a church conference, and last year, last October, end of October, we did a church conference, and it was incredible, really. We, we just really sensed as a family, all four of us, we really sensed that God was just stretching us. We really sensed that God was speaking to us in an incredible way. And we knew that a stretch was coming. We knew that something was coming and we were, we'd got to be ready for it. We knew that God was, it was searching our heart. He was really challenging us in, in incredible ways. And that night we sat with a speaker and we, we talked about how we were feeling. We were like, this is a God moment for us. It is a God moment. You see, the call was to be in a position where we were prepared to surrender literally everything. God was calling us to surrender everything. Now, we love what we do. We love Lifehouse Church. It's, it's our world, and we just love it. It's an amazing church. The people are incredible. And um, Sundays are my favorite day of the week. I love, I love being in church, and I just love doing church and, and being with the people. And just we just love what we do. But we knew that God was asking us to lay it down. We were like you're joking it's everything we've been doing we've been the pastors for 10 years Paul became a Christian in that church at 11 years old I became a Christian at 17 in there and we've been there all our lives and you want us to lay it down 
He wanted us to surrender. You know, I love my home. I take pride in it. I love, you know, making sure it's tidy and making sure that it's hospitable. It's a safe haven, not just for us, but for other people as well. And I love my home. God was asking me to lay it down. Could I walk away from my home if that's what God wanted? Our car, our status, even our family. God was challenging with our kids. Could we surrender our kids? 18 years of investing our very best into them. Of creating a church, not where we take our kids, but a church where our kids want to be. A church where our kids want to be. You see, if we take our kids to church based on what we do and not who we are, then our kids will see straight through it. We need to know who we are as a woman of God, not just what we do. Our whole world was being challenged. I can honestly say that it was the hardest, most painful process I have ever been through. It was like thing after thing. God was like, right, lay that down. I was like, you're joking. I've just laid three other things down and you want me to lay that down as well? It's like, lay it down. You want me to lay it down? I can't, like, that's who I am. It's what I do. It's like, lay it down. Surrender it to me. It was so painful. I can't even put it into words just how hard it was. God took us to a point which did look like a warrior moment. But the truth was, it was a moment after moment after moment of surrender. Moment after moment of surrender. I want to take you to the book of 1 Samuel. If you've got your Bibles, you can turn to it. If not, we'll just follow along. It's it's all good. But I want to tell you about a woman called Hannah. There's a, a woman in the Bible called Hannah, and she is married to a man who also has another wife. And this wife has given him children. Hannah hasn't given him any children. And the Bible tells us in verse 5 that the Lord had closed her womb. So here we find this woman in Bible times. She's barren. She is struggling with the fact that she cannot give this man the one thing that she is supposed to give him. Because in those times, that was, it was the duty of the woman to provide the child. But she was unable to do that because God had closed her womb. She was stuck in the what she can't do. Intimidated by her rival. Verses 6 6 to 8 says this, Because the Lord had closed Hannah's womb, her rival kept provoking her, provoking in her order to irritate her. This went on for year after year. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat. Her husband would say to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than ten sons? And right here in the book of Samuel, we see a modern day story present itself. Written 2,000 years ago, but so relevant to some people in here today. She was made to feel stupid, inferior, 
that she wasn't good enough, that she wasn't even enough to the point that she stopped eating. And I just felt as I was writing these words that that maybe speaks to someone in here. You don't feel good enough. You don't feel worthy. To the point that you've stopped eating. That it's got a hold of you. That it's something that you struggle with. I want to tell you today that you are a warrior. That thing does not have to hold you back anymore. You can walk out of this place a changed woman. And it comes from a point of surrender. Ladies, there's a huge identity crisis in the world today. So many people struggling with who I am. We're so caught up in the what I do and how that plays out in comparison to our social media peers. Hannah allowed herself, allowed someone else to play the leading lady in the story of her life. Relegating herself to the chorus. No sign of a warrior spirit here. Or is there? As we read on in the story, we start to see a true warrior spirit emerge. She begins to tell God a heart in a moment of surrender. 1 Samuel 10 to 17 says this, In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. She made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me, and not forget your servant, but give her a son then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor will ever be used on his head. As she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk and he said to her, how long are you going to stay drunk? Put away your wine. Not so, my Lord, Hannah replied. I'm a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my, my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. Eli answered, go in peace and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked him for. And here is the power of surrender. The warrior spirit rises in her because in verse 18, it says this, she said, may your servant find favor in your eyes. Then she went on her way and ate something with her face no longer downcast. She found the warrior spirit within her. She allowed it to rise up as she'd laid it down before God, as she had surrendered her burdens, as she had surrendered her anguish, as she had surrendered her heart to God. She found the warrior spirit rise up inside her and she was able to go away not looking downcast and it says that she ate a meal. I love that. The warrior spirit rose within Hannah. See, the battle she'd faced, the awful times of feeling not good enough, the barrenness, they were all the things that built up that warrior spirit in her, released in a moment of surrender. Romans 8, it says, we are more than conquerors through Christ who gives me strength. We are all called to a life of surrender, which will ultimately lead to a life of great exploits. To be a church of great influence, to have incredible families, rock church ladies, to be authentic leaders, 
whatever church you've come from, you can be authentic leaders within your church today. But we weren't just called to a life of great exploits. We are called to a life of surrender. Me and my family, we go in on that journey of what life of surrender looks like, even now. But you know, if we are busy just doing, 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 we lose sight of what's important. The Bible tells us that the enemy prowls around like a lion, looking for someone to devour. If he finds us busy, we're so easy to pick off. But the thing with being a person of surrender is that it makes us so much harder for the enemy to do that. This morning is for you to have a breakthrough moment with your identity crisis. Which is it going to be, ladies? Who am I or what I do? The story of Hannah is the most ridiculous story, really. And one that I can only truly now understand. You see, God answers Hannah's prayer. It's a miracle. He gives her the child that she's always desired. He gives her a son and she names him Samuel. And once he's old enough, she takes him to the place of her surrender to the house of God. She dedicates him back to the Lord and then she leaves him there. She entrusts him to the house of God. No phones, no FaceTime, no way of truly knowing what he's doing every day, but trusting, trusting in the gift that God has given her that she can give it back to him. It says in the Bible that she visits once a year and she takes him a little robe that she has made. Never far from her thoughts. Imagine the heartbreak that would have brought. The thing that she wanted most in the world. But willing to surrender it all to God. That is a true warrior. Why don't you stand to your feet for a moment? Why don't you just close your eyes for a moment and just, just allow what God has been speaking to you and the message that you've heard. Just allow God to, to minister to your heart right now. Maybe there's things that you know you need to surrender to him. Things that you need to lay down. Things that have made you become what you do, not who you are. God, in this moment, we thank you. We take a moment just to bask in your presence, Lord God. Lord, we surrender this morning to you. God, would you search our hearts? Would you highlight the things that need to be surrendered because we have taken them on ourselves and they're no longer of you. God, we lay down those things before you today.
that God, you would be in control. God, we just pray that our warrior spirit would awaken in this moment, Lord God. That as we go through the rest of this day, we'll begin to see who you were calling us to be. The women of God, strong, brave, and courageous for you, Lord God. We surrender to you, Lord. In your precious name. Amen. Amen.